Close your eyes and bring your attention to your body. Relax the muscles in your face, jaw, and head. Relax your neck, shoulders, upper arms, forearms, hands, and fingers. Relax every muscle in your chest, stomach, hips, and seat. Now your thighs, calves, feet, and toes. Lean your torso slightly from front to back and side to side until you are resting in a comfortable posture where you feel centered, balanced, and relaxed. Now bring your attention to your breath. Inhale deeply. Hold for two seconds. Now breathe out all the tension, stress, or negativity in your body. One more time. Breathe in deeply. Hold. Exhale all remaining tension. As your breathing returns to normal, gently turn your thoughts and attention toward the topic of forgiveness. Think of a person or group of people you are struggling to love or forgive. Keep them in mind throughout this meditation. We know we are expected to forgive others pretty much unconditionally. And whether their trespasses are legitimate or merely perceived by us as trespasses doesn't matter. It doesn't affect our obligation to forgive. And whether they are aware of those trespasses or are remorseful doesn't matter either. We know it is our responsibility to forgive others and love all people as ourselves. The why of forgiveness is easy, because it is a commandment, obedience of which is requisite for our salvation, because the same judgment we use to judge others will be used to judge us, because God won't forgive us if we don't forgive others, and because we simply don't want to be hypocrites. But knowing why we should forgive doesn't make it easy, nor does it tell us how to let go of hurt, anger, or resentment. So here are four concepts to ponder that might help when you are struggling to love or forgive. First, understand that forgiveness is not for the person who wronged us. Their actions are between them and the Lord. Forgiveness benefits us. Being upset, feeling wronged, and experiencing hurt are all unpleasant feelings. Carrying around negativity, resentment, and pain is not easy, productive, or peaceful. 
And since we know that Christ hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, there's no reason to carry those feelings around with us. Nephi stated it perfectly in the Book of Mormon. If the Lord in his condescension unto the children of men hath visited men in so much mercy, why should my heart weep and my soul linger in the valley of sorrow, and my flesh waste away and my strength slacken because of mine afflictions? And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one hath placed in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why am I angry because of mine enemy? Awake, my soul. No longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength because of mine afflictions. Consider the feelings that arise when you think of someone you are struggling to forgive. Are those feelings destroying your peace? Do you believe that Christ experienced those feelings and can carry that burden for you through his atonement? Feelings of resentment not only destroy our peace, but they also keep us from coming unto Christ and receiving salvation. Christ said, If ye will come unto me, ye shall have eternal life. Behold, mine armored mercy is extended towards you, and whosoever will come, him will I receive. But if ye shall come unto me, and rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, Go thy way unto thy brother, and first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come unto me with full purpose of heart, and I will receive you. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus pointed out that any person capable of angering you becomes your master. Are you giving someone power to destroy your peace or to keep you from fully coming unto Christ?
The second thought to consider is that no matter what another person has done to you, the price of their actions has already been paid. Justice has already been served. Christ's atonement works equally for them, even if they are not repentant or have not apologized to you or even realized they wronged you. As Elder Bednar asked at a recent conference, since the price already has been paid for those sins, would you demand that the price be paid twice? Consider that the Son of Man hath descended below all. Art thou greater than he? The third thought to ponder is that all humans are complicated. We are all more than just one thing, and nobody should be defined by their worst moments. Another great quote from Epictetus is helpful here. If thy brother wrongs thee, remember not so much his wrongdoing, but more than ever that he is thy brother. Try and make a list of positive qualities, or think of positive interactions you have had with your person, so that when they come to mind, you can shift your focus to those things that humanize the individual and remind you that he or she is your brother or sister. Remember, your focus determines your reality. The fourth thought to ponder is that when all else fails, you can pray for the strengthening power of grace to allow you to let go of resentment and hurt and feel love for someone you don't think deserves it. Sometimes you just can't do it on your own. Brad Wilcox, in his powerful BYU speech on grace, explains that through grace, Jesus doesn't make up the difference. Jesus makes all the difference. Grace is not about filling gaps, it is about filling us. Grace works not by making up for what we lack, but by changing us into Christ-like individuals who can love like Christ loves and forgive like Christ forgives. Have you brought your struggle to love and forgive to the Lord and asked for help? 
Ask Heavenly Father to give you charity toward the person or ask for him to allow you to feel his love for that person. Listen for any promptings you receive about steps you can take to forgive and love this individual. Finally, a poem written by Megan Christ entitled Three New Words beautifully illustrates the hand-in-hand -hand connection between loving others and forgiveness. It reads, Even the world's finest poets and most renowned musicians struggle to quantify love. Sonnet upon sonnet, serenade after serenade, penned over millennia, try as they may, to expand but never entail love in its entirety. Such a long definition for such a short word. And then there's those three words, easy to say yet hard to convey as they have a way of being at once everything and nothing. I love you, I love you, I love you. I say and shout and sing year after year to all I hold dear, yet I feel my love remain the same until I remember that Jesus died a remission for your sins and mine. Forgive them, he said, so now I express love with three new words instead. I forgive you, I say, to my husband, my neighbor, my brother, my friend, and myself, for we are all his, and now I know what love actually is.
When you are ready, take a final deep breath and slowly turn your awareness back to your body. As you open your eyes and return to your surroundings, take a moment to jot down any thoughts, promptings, or questions that came to mind while you were pondering. And if necessary, make a plan to act on those things.